I'm in your egg and everywhere like glitter With diamonds in my face, glitter All I want is to hear from you like glitter Some girls were made to shine And hello, welcome back to all of you to Jewels from NZ. How are you all? I am good. We've been through this before, but today is a very special episode. I've actually got a guest. Guest episode, guest episode. Very excited. Um, our guest today is Brad Zimmerman. Say hi, Brad. Hey, I'm eating an apple. <laughs> <laughs> that seems appropriate. Apple squatteth Fatavizen. Um, so Brad is the DM uh, of Fatavizen, um, but actually is not here to talk about Eisen. I think I talked about it enough in August. Go back and listen to those. Um, and Brad is annoyed at me for spoiling things, so I hope he doesn't tell me off on this recording. Um, but he's actually here to talk today about a tabletop roleplay game that he has created about all the ins and outs of like why and how and and let's walk through it so brad why is my first question why why did you do this to yourself why did you start <laughs> this process uh, i've been growing increasingly uh disenchanted i guess with D and and the limitations of of traditional dungeons and dragons by far the world's most popular tabletop <laughs> role-playing game uh, and I've been getting more and more interested in learning other systems. Um, but I thought, why don't I just make my own? Like, is that a thing I could do? And then, yeah, whenever I got spare time over the last, like, probably three years now, I'd just have a quick think about some rules and make little tweaks here and there. And, yeah, it eventually became what it is now, which is a playable game. Cool. So how did you start then? Like, what was the first thing you kind of did did you decide what it is that you were creating or did you design a little mechanic or like what was the first thing yeah my very first thing was that i wanted it to be a really low damage system like i didn't want to have like with D, you get to a point in the game where you know you, you you're basically just human calculators trying to figure out okay so that's 17 of this plus 19 of that and uh, they're, they're, then there's 37 with wait so what's happening and just these just numbers flying 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 and I thought what if you did, had a thing where you know you just the best thing you could do is like four yeah <laughs> I was like, it's it's simple it, it you know a four means a lot more than just four it means you know a very serious thing happened and so I started building around that cool so did you know that 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 was what you were setting out to create like a low like damage low kind of uh setup game yeah, was all of yeah. that built around that or uh, the, the main principles were low damage um easy to jump into like there, there's a mm. there's as you've played it there's yes. not much setup it takes you like two, two minutes to build a character and just start playing yeah and dms can improvise an entire session on the fly using the tools that i've of me um 
the other main principle was that um was exactly that that you could just jump in it was so it was it was meant to be low damage doesn't take a lot to get started mm. for both players and the uh, game master uh and yeah everyone could just go let's go in just just play and it was going to be very role play heavy initially the the stats for each player character there were only going to be three there was going to be mind body and uh the other one was bond and bond is the only one that still remained because all the others got split out into more than that and so walk me through that part of the process so you obviously had been tinkering on your own creating this game um putting together all the pieces what what comes next like do you just go hey friend i made a game like how do you how do you do that yeah well i i had a guy that i used to work with up until recently um that was i got him into D &D. uh he and i started playing D D whenever there was a downtime at work yeah and when i told him i'd started building a game i, I just every now and then i'd say hey hey bro can you just like use the, this information and i'd slide like a piece of paper across the table and be like can you build a character around that and then we'll just like try something and then he'd try and it would either work or not and i'd then make little tweaks and then a couple of days later I'd go hey now let's do it but in like sci-fi <laughs> and, and then oh let's do one that's like about mummies like we just it, just little tweaks and then we'd play and then yeah it would either work or not cool. and um it grew very slowly so so what you're saying is is people out there building a game that might want to follow this process need a captive guinea pig absolutely like a spouse a child a parent um or a co-worker yeah. nice nice i love that so okay so then you've gone and you've tested it on your workmate and stuff like what comes next what happened next for d12 go because i don't think i'd even heard about it at this point yeah no it, it was a, it was a quiet project at that time because i didn't know that it would ever get to a workable phase yeah um but yeah, I just, I kept building the document, kept making little changes until it became something I was confident enough to share with people. Um, and then I ran a, a play test at home, just, just one night, just ran a quick scenario, improvised uh, with my wife Mel. And um, it, it kind of worked, but also kind of didn't. Like it was meant to be, my intention was that the, what I'd put on paper would was like, okay, this is going to be super easy. These like baby level vampire recruits are gonna like throw themselves at her character and on paper she should be able to just dispatch them straight away and move on but that took like an hour of near misses back and from both sides like oh god oh, yeah. it was just like stalemate 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 and i was like okay well that needs to change i can't have that happening um cool. and then yeah. it um yeah after that and after i made more changes based on that um and completely overhauled the damage and, and things like that system um i then felt confident enough to ask the the role-playing guys podcast if they would look into it and mm. try and run it and it'd be the first time someone who wasn't me was in charge of it and a, a few months later they did and it worked yeah i've i've listened to those episodes i think i think they put out a really cool sounding actual play that that seemed very easy to start and understand like they they didn't um the role playing guys if you haven't heard that podcast actually takes systems and really breaks them down analyzes them talks about it um and uses it 
So, yeah, it's really cool. So you could go check those episodes out to hear an actual play of how this works. Only, is it still the same? <laughs> Did you make changes based on that? Like, yes. is, this, is this an ongoing, will this ever be done? The, I, I make changes every single time it gets played. Um, I make changes after the fact because there's always something that comes out of the woodwork like, oh, that. Um, the role-playing guys... Oh, so after... Well, we, we played it on the Fate of Ison podcast. We did, and, yeah. Um, oh, we've played a few times now. We, we played some stories about Arcus's backstory mm-hmm. using the system. And one thing that became clear to me in that is that the, the characters very quickly became overpowered. Like, yeah. to the point where one of the players, George, was consistently just succeeding at literally everything no matter how hard i tried to make it um and so after that playthrough after that game i brought down the level of power that the players have and i raised up the level of difficulty for things but then one of the main complaints that the role-playing guys had was they said it's too difficult to achieve things (laughs) so which is the opposite problem so I, i again after that playthrough i brought down the difficulty and I made the players ever so slightly more powerful. So now things are easy to do, but not too easy. Yeah, cool. And and when you were building the system, how did you figure out like what was important or not important? Like, you know, because I assume you're taking things and you're basing them on like other games, things that you enjoyed about other games or things that you didn't. Like, how do you decide what goes into your game and what doesn't? Yeah, so it's kind of it, it just comes down to what I like. So what I the thing the elements of D and D that I have enjoyed playing and, and Pathfinder and, and games of that similar vein. Mm. Um and suited that we played as well for the Gigantic Adventures of Jeff and Simon podcast, that there's elements of that that inspired um the the opposed um success values that I use in this game mm. um and also of a game i've never played but a game i've listened to in a lot of podcasts um, monster of the week uh, and dungeon world which is which are both powered by the apocalypse systems and like little elements of that like the degrees of success like this you either if you get this tier you get a good success if you get this tier it's an okay success which means something bad comes out of it um and i kind of took the elements i enjoyed from those three games and i just mashed them together until they worked <laughs> Yep. and when they didn't work they just pff, get out of here and one thing in particular is i i've always this has been a, a really um a minor annoyance of mine always since the dawn of me starting playing <laughs> Whatever D&D, this is. Yeah. is um is i don't like in dungeons and dragons and in pathfinder that dexterity covers your agility and your like um your like dexterous small minor hand movements and things like there's no re- there's no justifiable reason why doing flips should be the same stat as picking a lock that's bullshit and so i had to split those out and that's one of the major things is that like those are two completely different things in this game cool so do you want to walk us through a little bit about the actual game i feel like we've talked a good amount about like how you came up with it and what was your thinking around it do you want to tell us like we've mentioned little bits and pieces but do you want to walk us through more of it like maybe we make a character uh yeah we can certainly make a character um the 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 way i've designed the system is that it can work in any genre or setting um 
so you can sort of make literally any character you want. I played a one-shot where it was, all we knew ahead of time was that it was going to be set in like a rural community. And so I thought the characters would create, you know, like, I'm a farm boy, um, I'm a hunter or something like that. Um, One of them was three frogs in a trench coat. (laughs) One of them was uh, JD played a a, a three foot tall anthropomorphic mouse named Mickey. (laughs) Which embarrassingly took me a really long time to get that it was Mickey Mouse. Um, And the other character was the wackiest of them all. um, An anthropomorphic corn cob with necromancy powers. Amazing. And they all worked in the game so it was kind of proof that you know anything was possible so we can work through literally any character that you would like to create i can talk you through it okay uh i want to be well everybody always calls me a a rockstar unicorn okay you can be a rockstar unicorn first of all i want to be a rockstar unicorn. yeah so we would the first step would be just figure out who you want that rockstar unicorn to be so that might that might be influenced by the setting maybe it's this is a zombie apocalypse setting what mm-hmm. would the rockstar unicorn be like in this zombie apocalypse so you'd, you'd you'd be thinking all entirely about the imagination side of it first before you get into the mechanics mm, okay so we're in a zombie apocalypse and i'm a rockstar unicorn i love it i'm into it uh yeah okay cool what 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 do we do first well, that just just the like, what 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 would you want that character to be, regardless of mechanics? Okay, I I would want them to be uh, somewhat kind of charismatic, for lack of uh, a better word. <laughs> I'm instantly refer to five E terms. Um, charismatic, um, maybe somewhat musical, um, and mm, fast. Ooh, on rollerblades. Can I have a rollerblade? please yes if you if you think rollerblades are in the setting then sweet chuck them in your sheet okay <laughs> it's, yeah it's one thing is that um inventory and items they come with no numerical values they are purely for flavor um so if you uh which we'll get to later if you gave your your character a skill of like really good at rollerblading you'd probably want to give them some rollerblades to go along with that skill yeah that makes sense okay so um, fast charismatic and musical um, maybe good at you know like good at talking to people i don't know yep okay yeah cool so the there are six main stats um in the game and that every time you roll the die you add one of these you made the most appropriate one um they are agility um, bond brains brawn precision and senses um for the most part they are pretty self-explanatory um Bond is how well you interact with other living creatures um, or other sentient creatures because not necessarily everything would be living if you're doing like a sci-fi setting and you're talking to an AI or something mm. like that. Cute. Um, and that also includes healing. If you are healing yourself or someone else using some kind of means that fits in the setting, magic or technology or medicine, whatever, then you'd be doing that bond. That's all considered how you interact with other living things. Okay, so I think obviously my character is going to be good at agility and bond, probably. Then, uh, yep, and I suppose you, if you're looking at performance, so you said they're good at mm. uh, performing, then that um, would probably not, in particular, fall under any of them. It would 
um, as a general rule, but it would come down to in this in each given situation which yeah. effect you're trying to have by performing. Yeah. So if I'm um, like trying to roll a blade on a tightrope, I'm I'm assuming that that's going to be precision, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's most likely going to be precision. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, my personal GM style is that if you can bullshit me enough, I'll allow literally anything. <laughs> um, and I like I like to think that that sort of philosophy is baked into the game as well like if it's like it should be precision but if you can bullshit me into thinking this is brains like let's use brains okay. <laughs> yeah no i'm yeah it's good times okay cool so what do i do now that i've kind of decided that's the sort of character yeah okay so a level one character gets to assign scores to those uh, to those values and they need to get a total of plus two by using pluses and minuses across those six main stats. Cool, so everything starts at a zero, and I basically take something off somewhere and add something on somewhere. That's right, as long as at the end of the day it all adds up to two. Yeah, so I so remember... So you might be super, super agile, give yourself a plus three in agility, which means somewhere along the way you're going have to have to have a minus. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. So I'm going to go plus two in agility plus two in bond, plus one in senses. So I'm up five. That means that I've got to go down three somewhere, right? Yep. Cool. All right. So I reckon down in brains, brawn, and... No, wait, not senses, precision. Brains, brawn, and senses. So one each. So the others are all down one. Yep. So you're pretty garbage at those three things, but you're pretty good at the others. Cool. Unlike the game we played with Josh <laughs> recently for the for the podcast, in which he gave himself a minus six in brawn, making himself the weakest thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> but he was really good at something else. It was precision. Think, precision. He, he, he t- cranked his precision up as far as he, he could, could. He could really fathom. throw those knives. It was awesome. Um, cool. Now what? Okay, so if you've got those, now you would think about um, the more uh, personalized, more um, specific things that are unique to your character, which are specialties. Okay. Uh, so these are skills that you get to assign a numerical bonus to. You have seven points to spend all up, mm-hmm. and you could use any num. You could write down any number of things that your pers- your character is good at, and assign. A number of points for how good you think they are at it so you might go rollerblading plus two yeah um or you know performing plus three and then that and then anytime you do something that they deem that you deem performing you would add whatever relevant stat for the situation and the specialty as well okay i've got some thoughts so here we go i'm gonna give myself plus two to rollerblading plus two to rocking out Plus two to shit talking, and plus one to rainbow making. Nice. Okay, rainbow making. Very. I like how vague <laughs> and ambiguous that is. Because in this game, I highly encourage, and I hope the game's inherent mechanics encourage too, being ambiguous and using like the same like word to mean lots of different things. Nice. Like, what could that unicorn, or what what could that rainbow do? 
I mean, maybe maybe blind things or cover yeah. things or color things a different color like camera. Or, I was yeah. thinking camouflage maybe. <laughs> yeah, or it could inspire people. Like th- that yeah, rainbow could do so many different things. Um, it's like uh, you could. Uh, what did Josh? Have? Josh uh, with Trestle Spoon, he just gave tricky is one of his specialties and that included sneaking that included juggling like there's so many different things where like i'm being tricky (laughs) you sure are buddy (laughs) yeah i do actually like that about this game that it is just up to your imagination i mean it means that you need to be a little creative and sideways thinking i guess when you're making the game so i guess people who struggle with creativity in the moment might struggle with that yeah, and for people like that, thanks to the role-playing guys being a perfect example of <laughs> of that, um, I've actually spent a lot of time building random tables and inspiration into the, the rule book that I'm making as well. The actual rules are about six pages long, if that, uh, but then there's like another 30 pages of stuff of like, this should inspire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Cool. Okay, so now what? What are we up um, to now? Now, all that's left is items. So just think of any items that you think this character might have on them in the zombie apocalypse. Okay. Um, and that really would be for you and the game master to work together to figure out. Um, like you might say, oh, yeah, I've got a, a thousand healing potions. And the game master will be like, mm, I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> like one, maybe. <laughs> sure. Um, I've got rollerblades and a guitar for sure. Um and then I think, what else? Oh, I've got rope. What about like a cool cape or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you're not wrong. Um, I I could have like an ACDC t-shirt. <laughs> nice. Yep, that's what that's what, that's what my, my character oh. has. Nice. Oh, and okay. I mean the horns attached to their head. So yeah, you could. I mean, if you wanted to be a stickler, you could say that you technically have that horn in your possession, or you could just assume. You know what? Everyone knows that a unicorn has a horn. Has a horn, right? Yeah, like maybe you just cover that off in creation, just in case. <laughs> yeah, um, and then outside of that, the uh, all that's left to determine is your limit. Um, your limit is similar to hit points in a way, in that it is the it's basically how much you can take before you have mm. to s- stop before you um have to be taken out of commission and it could be physical damage emotional damage loss of morale um mm. and so that for for a level one character is two plus brawn okay. um but but there is a minimum of two cool yeah because otherwise like i'm negative one brawn so that would yep. make me one so it is two yep cool so I have two hit points, essentially, but they're That's not right. hit points, they're limit. Got yes. It. Yeah, um, I, it used to be one. You have a minimum of one. Um, but in a game I played recently, the two of the characters had a limit of one, and they avoided everything dangerous. Yeah, because they're too worried about... Yeah, yeah. throughout the entire thing, because they were like, well, one hit and I was dead. Like, I, don't, I wasn't going to like do the fight i wasn't gonna do the thing with climbing like i wasn't gonna do anything i was like well then why'd you bother fucking playing (laughs) (laughs) i suppose that's true though like 
having a little bit of flex. I mean, there's a reason we get cocky in 5e, right, when we have lots of hit points. Um, because we yeah. feel like we're safer. So. If you've got 100 HP, you do some stupid shit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Me and my two limit over here compared to, like, what, a possible, like... I suppose if somebody really pumps their brawn, it could be a lot, right? Yeah, if someone puts it all in brawn... It could be, could... like, n- seven? Nine? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Okay. Cool. Am I done? That's it. That's a character right there. This is... That's fantastic. You heard it here. We just made a character. <laughs> Yay! What, oh, what's, their, what's their name? Um, oh, God. What's another name for... Psychedelic Sparkles. <laughs> that's what their Write name is. Write it down. Is. Dope. You and Paul can play that later. <laughs> <laughs> Psychedelic Sparkles. Nice. All right. So do you want to walk me through, like something that might happen to psychedelic sparkles as she's going through because i know that we've talked about the unopposed opposed action tables but let's like actually show how they kind of work i guess okay uh yeah so the whole game as the name suggests is run with a single d12 12 sided die um and every action that you do um you roll the 12 sided die you add the most appropriate stat for the action and any specialties that go along with it if if any apply um so if you wanted to um perform a kick kick ass song for example then you'll probably um you probably i mean if you if there's no particular thing you're trying to achieve you might be doing just using brains to be coming up with the song and the music and and everything like that and adding your performance yeah specialty as well so i'd be adding rocking out and then i'd be adding on my guitar uh, yeah, I mean, the guitar has no numerical yes. value, yeah. uh, un- unless the game master wanted it to. Decided like maybe, to. maybe it's a relic. Maybe it's like there's an in- inherent magic in your guitar, and that gives you an extra plus one or two or whatever right. to. But that's up to the GM's discretion. Cool. Um, and yeah, there are two tables. There are unopposed actions, which is things that you're trying to do in the world that are just you versus the world that like you're trying to lift a heavy object you're trying to climb a ridge you're trying to Find jump out of a moving door. car yeah yeah look for something things like that yep um and the other is opposed actions which is anytime you're trying to do something against someone else that could be trying to hit them with a weapon that could be trying to lie to them that could be trying to um uh, like grapple someone uh poison someone blind them whatever it is anytime that you're trying to do a thing and there's someone who has the opportunity to stop you from doing that thing mm. so um, i'm in so- my zombie apocalypse and the zombies are coming for me and i'm trying to get the hell out of dodge so i'm agility i'm rollerblading and i'm just going for it uh i roll a six on the dice plus my two for agility plus my two for rollerblading that gives me a ten what happens okay so there are values attached to the unopposed and opposed actions uh, tables and i'm just loading up the tables now in a different tab give me just a moment (laughs) um so if you got a 10 that falls under the category of success Woo! Um, so that is just you succeed at your action there's nothing else to it so if you were just if yeah a horde of zombies was coming in your direction and you just wanted to skate away that's what you did cool 
So then it would be between you and the GM to decide what happens next. Like, where do you skate away to? Mm. Like, do you skate away to somewhere nearby and hide? Or do you skate, like, a way away? Like, you leave the situation entirely? Mm. Do you go into a building? Do you go into the sewers? Like, yeah, like it. Yeah. Whatever comes next in the story. So say I skate straight into a zombie because I was looking behind me and not really paying attention and the zombie tries to, like, eat my face, my brains, I assume. Um, if they can figure out how to eat a unicorn's brains. But yep. what what happens then? Okay, so it would make um, a, an opposed action against you mm. to do that. So um, all the enemies in this game are ranked. There's a six-tier system. The lowest tier is a pest, and the highest tier is extreme, and that no player should ever have to face that, ever. Um, the stats are way too high and will immediately kill everyone. Um, it's really for when the, it's really for when the game master is just fed up, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I like that you built that but, in there. That's about it, isn't it? <laughs> a, a pest is things like uh, a, a lab rat, um, uh, like a, a tiny baby ghost, uh, anything that is just meant to just kind of get in the player's way, but not pose any major difficulty. And that would be things in a zombie apocalypse. That would probably be your your stock standard shambling rotter. Like the one that just walks slowly towards you. It just sort of bumps into you a bit. It's not mm. that much of a challenge. Yeah. If there's 10,000 of them, it's a challenge. If um, if you're trapped in a small space with five of them, it's a challenge. But if there's one of them, it's yeah. no big deal. No, 100%. Yeah, so this, this shambling rotter zombie would just make a roll against you with the stats that apply to the tear that the GM has given it. In this case, Pest. Cool. Um, and which is a plus one to any attacking action that it does so it say it tries to bite you it would roll a d12 add one and its total score then you would need to roll what you would do to avoid that bite so you see it coming at you and you roll presumably in most cases agility to Mm. dodge yeah sure yeah and so then the what happens is i roll lower than them and that's bad or i roll higher than them yep that's so, good. yeah. So if the instigator or aggressor or in this case attacker um, gets higher, then they achieve what they wanted to do. Which uh, there's three different t- things you could do. There's just contesting with someone just to see you know who comes mm. out on top. There's causing harm, which is probably the only thing a zombie would do because it's a mindless creature. Yep. Or there's inflicting, uh, in- sorry, inflicting a negative game changer, which is just a just a new element to add to the game or to or to your story of just something that changes it up a bit and it could be things like getting blinded getting wounded getting grappled mm, anything cool. that applies um a, a a penalty or a benefit to someone in the situation yeah cool okay so in this case the zombie would yeah it would roll to bite you and if it rolled higher than you it would do some damage and depending on how high it rolled and how low you rolled would determine how much damage it does yeah so i'm looking at this chart and like 10 plus or more gets four limit damage so i'm hoping he doesn't roll that high right like but if to do that he would have to roll like an 11 or a 12 and i would have yeah. to roll a one. Oh, actually i have plus two agility so i would he it might not even happen yeah but that, that's okay. right Okay, I get it. I get it, I get it. Cool. All right. 
uh, I think we've kind of walked through the whole game, right? Is there anything that we've missed talking about? Um, the I suppose healing and oh, yeah. um, recovering limits and things like that. Um, I go back and forward on this a lot, and I've changed the the healing rules quite a lot, uh, including after the most recent game um, with uh, Trestle Spoon and Demi. Um, but basically, the oh, I'm not even looking at the right sheet. What am I doing? <laughs> um, I'll just close the sheets. Who cares? So there's there's a few different schools of thought on healing. So there's um, healing yourself. Uh, just like in, in a recovery sort of way so not actually actively doing anything but passively recovering um, you recover your full limit if you get a good long rest in a safe location mm-hmm. um, or once per in-game day you can have a short rest in a safe location and you roll a brawn roll to re- see how much you recover like that um, or I've now thanks to Tressel Spoon and Demi I've added another uh, rule where if you get a significant rest during the day you can just automatically heal one limit point okay. which means that for the rest of that day you've just got one like which is enough to get around and do stuff but it you've got to be on you've got to be walking on eggshells yeah yeah 100 um and then outside of that if you want to use like magic or skills or first aid or anything like that to heal yourself or others instantly actively healing it's using the bond stat as we mentioned earlier Mm, yeah yeah which demi was doing with medicine and a herbal pouch pouch. on her pocket which had wolfsbane in it that she shot into a wolf's mouth it was like my favorite thing i've ever done um (laughs) cool okay yeah no that that's awesome uh so what's next for d12 go like what are your kind of hopes for what might happen next still tinkering um, yeah i just want to pl- i want to i want to play test it a lot um i would love to build an app for people to have like the rules all there um in in like tables and drop down menus and also include a, a dice roller and a character sheet builder in the app i'm even teaching myself coding uh, in order <laughs> to do this <laughs> Um, but fate of eyes and discord has been taken over by coding chat. (laughs) Yep. And, but I I have no intention of ever making money from it. Like I'm not going to turn it into a thing that I can sell. Um, I do want to commission, um, some artists so I can slap some nice artwork on it, but it's going to be a free thing that I'm just, I just offer to anyone who wants it basically. Cute. So if anybody does want it, how do they get in touch? Fate of and at gmail.com say, Hey Brad, D12 go me and I will D12 go you right in the face. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, any parting words there, Brad, that you'd like to say to the Jules from NZ <laughs> Patreons and listeners? Uh, hey. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Lovely. So, Let's let's wrap this up. A personal thanks to my gems, James, Jason, Barry, Laren, KP, Ezekiel, and Joey. I could not do this little podcast without you. Uh, thanks, Brad, for coming on and being a guest in this week's episode. That's really cool. Um, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on the platform of your choice. It all helps. Enohora, kakite ano, and mwah. See you again soon. Bye. Bye.